Hello and welcome to Crosstalk with your hosts, Martha Lee and Anna May, a podcast dedicated to encouraging and pointing people to Christ, to provoke you to find your calling in the Lord, brought to you by Cornerstone Ministries New Life Church. So join us on a journey to reaching the world for Christ, starting in our own backyard. So sit back, we hope you enjoy the podcast, and we pray it encourages and blesses you. Hello, we're here today and blessed to be with John Nolans. How are you doing, John? Good, Anime. How are you doing? We're doing good. Uncle Bill's here today and Martha. Amen. Praise God. And we're excited. Good to have you. We're thrilled. Good to have you guys. Well, it's a privilege and an honor to take part in your podcast. And I feel uh, I've been listening to the last podcast and I've been really blessed with all the testimonies and everybody has been on there. And that's what it's all about is encouraging the brethren, encouraging brothers and sisters in the Lord. You know, we need encouragement every day. So it's a privilege to be on. Thank you, John. So our first question, we'll jump in, is where and when did you get saved? Well, I I would say, I mean, I was raised in a Christian family, as you all know. And from, uh, I guess, since I was born, I was always, you know, with my mom and dad in the ministry and the dad traveled a lot and uh, we was always in church services. But, you know, I would say I've given my heart many times to the Lord when I was like, when I was young and a young child, a young kid. And uh, but to answer your question, it wasn't until I was late, like an adult in my adult years that I realized I was in a church service here in Georgia and the preacher was preaching and they were sharing that uh, that I couldn't save myself or my mom and dad couldn't save me. Or what they did couldn't save me. I had to make a decision for myself. That um, I uh, I was sitting in the church service and I was listening to the preacher, but he was telling, you know, he was saying his scriptures and his sermon, and uh, nobody could save me but the Lord. Amen. It wasn't what I could do. It wasn't um, what I could say or anything like that. It was what Jesus did on the cross two thousand years ago, and gave his life for the forgiveness of my sins. And so it's something like a light switch went off in my spirit, and I believe it was the Holy Spirit talking to me. And it was like, I was like, well, wait a minute. I said, I've been trying to do this and trying to do this for the Lord and do that for the Lord. And then all of a sudden it was like, why are you trying to do this? I've done it all for you already. You know, all you have to do is just accept it, you know, and believe that, I died on the cross for you and rose again three days three days later and forgiven all your sins. And it was like anime, it was like a light switch went off and it was like a burden came off my shoulders and it was like I was free. Praise God. Amen. But I was free in Christ. Amen. You know? And I wasn't free in the realm of, oh, I can go and do what I want. It was freedom in the Lord knowing that I was saved. Amen. And that his blood was spilled for me. And I believe that's when I really truly came and true repentance to the Lord, and um, he came in. And I believe he was always there, don't get me wrong, but he came in and saved me. And, uh, and it's been a blessing ever since. I've been, uh, been free in the Lord. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. And I thank John, too, because me and Charlie now is pastor, and my kids 
from teenagers, you know, lived in a house. Sometimes people can think because their parents or their husband or whatever or their wife is saved, but it is a personal thing. You can't get in on nobody else's shirt tail. It's a personal relationship with Christ. Amen. Yes, you're exactly right. You have to have that have that understanding on your own. You know, you can't um, get get through with the pastor's coattails, like you said, you know. And or the preacher's coattails. You know, you have to make that decision on your own, and and thank the Lord that He sends the Holy Spirit Amen. to uh, to to convict you of your sins, and then you come to true repentance of your sins, and then the Lord comes in and He wipes them away, He gives you a, a brand new slate. Amen. Amen. You know? Yep, it's good. Well, it's like that old song. It's like that old song. Jesus paid it all. Mm-hmm. You know, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but He washed it. White as snow. Not John Newland, but he did. Amen. Jesus Christ washed Amen. it white as snow. Amen. You know? That was beautiful, John. That was. So I'm going to ask you this, John. I know you did a lot of music, and uh, I believe you were a worship leader. I know your brothers do music in that for years, and your mom and dad, they were iconic for their worship music. Amen. So my question to you is, how important do you think it is to be a worshiper in church, Uh what would you tell our people about when they enter into church and worship music and stuff's playing? Well, I, I, I am still doing music at my father-in-law's church here in Georgia. Um, and, uh, I think it's very important to worship because I believe, uh, when you come into worship, it kind of opens your heart and it opens the ears to listen to the word that comes. But, you know, sometimes, I, uh, I realize that it's maybe not what the preacher says, it's maybe the, a word in a song that will bless somebody or encourage somebody. Amen. And it's always important that we open our hearts up and open our ears to the worship. You know, Amen. God inhabits the praises of his people. The Bible tells us that. Amen. And we're given, we're, we're given a, a nice sound to, to the Lord to worship him and thank him for what he has done for us. Amen. You know, and I believe that uh, the Holy Spirit can work that way in a song that can bless people. And like I said, sometimes it's not the preaching of the word that sometimes, you know, they, yes, you do get blessed, but if you open up your hearts and your mind, it can kind of prepare the ground, you know, like mm-hmm. a sore with a seed, you know, it prepares the ground even before the word comes. And, but sometimes it's, I've seen, been in a service where the words of the song has been such a blessing to me and just, um, um, it's just been a blessing, you know, and it, 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 it you know. And that that's why it's very important to worship. Yeah, it's very important to worship. And I've, you know, been in worship all pretty much all my life, I guess I could say now. Yeah. You know, and it's a very important thing. And I try mm-hmm. to teach that to my kids, too. My Elizabeth sings with us. And uh, my sister Nancy still sings with us. And it's just a very important thing um, uh, for that, you know. Well, that touches my heart because I did worship here for years. And now, thank God, we got a bunch of fabulous bands. But... I've even been in church where a song's coming. I've began to weep, and God's done yeah. a work in my life before the minister spoke, like you said. So Amen. it's very important. It isn't it's, just a song. It's very important, and, and very important in the words in the song, you know, um, that, that that can minister to you. Mm-hmm. And it might not minister to somebody else in the back row or whoever. It can just minister to you because the Lord knows, and the Lord knows your heart, you know. And I believe that, that that's a very important thing is the worship. Very important. Because one day we will be worshiping him forever. Amen. So that's right. it says in the Bible. So Amen. we have to get used to it, I Amen. would say, you know, but we'd be 
we'll be we'll be in heaven worshiping him you know amen. and i can't amen. wait for that day amen so, yes i know likewise yes well you know we all have very fond memories of your mom and dad amen. the iconic michael and gwen newlands and you and nancy and and your brothers too but we were more we traveled up and down when it was the four of you more than when your uh, wee brothers was born you know and yes. your uncle ian and we just mm-hmm. want to say that the work that they did among us, that it's still impacting our people today. I believe our churches is here because of them. I believe mm-hmm. their labor, their love, the seeds that they planted have sprung up into the ministries we see, the churches now. And many, 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 I can't express, lives have been saved and changed. So them putting God first and putting us above their own time and taking... And, Amen. I mean, we, we really used and abused them back then. Like, their Amen. door would go to the wall, and we'd pour in 24-7, and, and I don't ever remember them shutting their door. They always opened the door to us and always was there for prayer. And we just all feel that we're indebted to them, and we love them dearly. And before we go on mm-hmm. and say any questions, we just wanted to express that to you, John, that, that your father is iconic amongst us all. Amen. Amen. Well. I really appreciate your kind words. And, you know, my mom and dad loved you all, too. And our whole, our whole family is indebted to all the travelers of how they opened their homes, opened their churches. Anytime dad was in a town, the doors opened with everybody. And he just loved that. That was his ministry. It wasn't being on a truck. It wasn't doing anything else. He was, it, that was what is called in his heart to do. And he loved being with everybody. And I uh, just want to thank everybody and all you guys, how kind and uh, kind-hearted you was to them. Well, they done a thank good you. job of it. We thank you. So Uncle Bill, he's going to talk to you for a second before we go on to the questions because we just can't talk enough about your mom and dad. And I remember uh, Uncle Bill told me your dad ordained him. So Uncle Bill's going to touch on that for a, a couple minutes. Amen, John. Okay. Praise God. Love you, love your father very much, your mother. And it's such a blessing to me to talk to you today, John. I can't put it to words for you, son, what you meant to me. I remember when you were knee-high, hanging on to your father's pants, singing, I'm a new creation, I'm a brand new yes, man. Uh, amen. That's right. Yes. Uh, yes, amen. <laughs> you were no size. And I remember yep. when... We would have you over with your mom and dad, and Margaret would make him the spaghetti that he really, really loved. And we would sit in the house, and we would pray for one another, and we just had a fellowship that you can't even realize how great it was with my family and yours. And Well, you know, that that's very kind. I mean, the, your yeah. brothers and sisters in the Lord, though. Amen. You know? Amen. But I'm glad to hear about the music ministry because in my heart, that's the only thing you can give to God when Amen. you come to church that's right. is to worship him when you hear yes. his word being sung. Now, this is my heart. The most important thing we can do is get into a full worship service and reach Abba, Daddy. No, and no, there's no love. There's no love like the Father's love. Amen. None. None. Because There's no God love like the Father's love. Because God is yes, love. That's so right. Amen. God. Amen. 
I'm so happy to talk to you, John. I'm sure the girls Thank you, Bill. have a lot of other stuff here, but I love you, son, very much. Uncle Bill's going to get love back you too, to you Bill. in a minute. We'd like to ask you if you can share uh, your mom and dad's testimony, what you know of it, uh, if you know how they came to salvation and their ministry. Yes, I would love to share that. And then this is from the stories my dad and my mom used to tell me um, all growing up and even as an adult, you know, with children of my own. So it's always been a, a good memory to remember how they came to know the Lord, you know. So I'll start with my dad first. Um, uh, my dad was, was from a big family. He had three brothers and three sisters. And they were in the family business back home in Scotland. Uh, in the scrap metal business on the southeast of Scotland, and sometimes they would be up in the north of Scotland, and uh, but they would travel around a little bit there and do that. But, you know, I believe uh, when my dad told me that he was around 27 years old when he, when he truly encountered the Lord. So he said he was invited to a, a, a convention down in England, and but, you know, uh, he was at later age when he accepted the Lord, so you know, there were, there were, there were wild men, all the brothers and all, you know, there were, there were a hardy kind of, they were a hardy kind of group, you know, back in that day, in that, in that era, you know? And so my dad, my dad, he said, okay. He said his cousins and I said, come on down to the meeting, Michael. And he said, oh, I can't, I'm not going down there with you holy rollers. That's what he used to tell me. He said, you haven't got to go down there with them holy rollers. But then he thought in the back of his mind, he said, well, I'll go down there and, you know, maybe sneak out and maybe go to the pub or go somewhere and do something else instead of going to this service they're going to. So he, he was a man of his word and he gave him his word and he went down to England. And so he went into the service and he said it was very, you know, upbeat and charismatic and, you know, and uh, the music was going and all this. And he, he, he never, you know, experienced that before. So he said he was in the service and, he was, you know, he was just standing in the back there, and one minute, and then the next thing, you see, his, he said his toes were tapping, and then he'd start clapping his hands. He's like, why am I clapping my hands? I was like, I don't know nothing about this. But then he felt a real, I guess, that the Holy Spirit really touched his heart, and he started weeping. And uh, when he started weeping, he closed his eyes, he said, and he said he's seen a vision of the Lord on the cross. And when he's seen a vision of the Lord on the cross, the, the Lord spoke to him, and said, and he seen the blood dripping from his hands and his feet. And he said, the Lord said, if it was just for you, I would have given my life just for you, Michael. And from that moment on, something just changed. And he, and he got prayed for. And he said his heart, it was like the potter in the clay, kind of softened the heart, you know. And um, he got miraculously saved. And that was when he was 27 years old. So he went back to Scotland, back to his old friends and all this stuff, and they used to call and make fun of him and all that because he was he wanted to tell people about Jesus and his experience, you know. Yeah. And so I know with my mom, she was down in England, but I think it was, she was in a different part of England at that time. But she was always raised in church from a child, and she used to play the piano in a church in Norwich, England, which was just outside of London. But there was another convention, and they all went down there, and that's when my mom and dad met each other, and then they uh, ended up, my dad was 30 when he married my mom, 
30 years old. And how old and was so your mom, just, John? She was nine years uh, different than my dad. Younger, yeah. yes. So he went down there and I guess joined her from England and took her back up to Scotland. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and is that when they started always, their ministry? or That's when they, um, at 30 years old, yes, because in 1969, uh, they decided to come to America because he felt a calling on him to minister the, the gospel. Praise God. And, uh, and so in 1969, they landed in Philadelphia, and he, my dad always told me, he said, I had $20 in my pocket, and I didn't know a soul. Never been to America before. Just, just left, left his brothers, left his father, his mother, everybody. They just left. They felt a calling on their life, and they flew into Philadelphia, and they managed to go to a church, I believe it was in Lansdowne, Pennsylvania. And he got to know the people there. And he got some meetings around the, the country churches and, and got involved with the Assemblies of God. But there was something that happened when they were over. And uh, his mom died sudden when they first came over for the ministry. I don't think a lot of people know this. But my dad's mom died unexpectedly. And she was only in her 60s when they were over ministering the gospel for the first time. Well, he ended up going back to Scotland, and then he, once everything was done and everything like that, he said, he told the Lord, he said, I'm never going back to the States again. I'm finished with the ministry. I'm done. And the weeks go by, and then he said, all of a sudden, uh, 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 an envelope came in under the door, and it was two plane tickets. Well, it, was, it was once we were born, so it was in the 70s. This has been in the 70s probably mid-70s, maybe, yeah. trying to get the timeline right. And he said an envelope came under the door with tickets for flights back to America. And my dad told me, he said, he never did find out where that came from wow. this whole time. He never did find out. So he, he realized that the Lord was telling him, you need to go back to the States and minister. So when they came back over, the dad used to wear the kilt a lot, you know? Amen. And my mom played the accordion, you know, he liked uh, to wear the kilt. And so he uh, ministered around the churches. He got ordained through the Assemblies of God. He ended up getting his green card through the Assemblies of God. And then he, um, he was on the 700 Club. So when he was on the 700 Club, uh, Nelson Kelby, I know you, everybody knows him. Nelson Kelby seen him on the TV. And he said, that's one of my cousins from the old country. I need to get a hold of him. So back then, they didn't have cell phones or emails or nothing. So he said that he called up the 700 Club, and Dad had his motorhome parked on one of the sites there. And uh, they managed to get in touch with Nelson, or Nelson got in touch with them. And Nelson, and I believe Joel Gordon, was one of the first travelers that my mom and dad met in the States. That's incredible. And that was late 70s, I think around there, or mid-late mid 70s, the timeline might be a wee bit off. No, I know I was only maybe two or three years old. That's when the move started, like it was like 76 for us to 70, you know, 8, everybody was getting saved. Yes, Somewhere and yes, and so that's when it, my dad met everybody. And you know, there was a kindred spirit there, spirit there, because you know, he, he knew everybody was his people. You know, his 
his, right. his people. Yeah. And he loved ministering around with everybody. And, Amen. you know, I Amen. still have, even as a child, from a child then, I have friends from back, lifelong friends, you know, and um, that's how they started their ministry. And uh, um, that's how they come over to America. Now they traveled back and forth to Scotland because we were in school in Scotland and we'd be in school in America somewhere. And then dad would have his motor homes and travel around with everybody in Houston, LA, Spyro, all them revivals yep. mm-hmm. that they had Amen. Um, Amen. All for many, many years. Amen. And then, in 1988, 89, died dad, once his father passed away, he decided to completely move to America. And he left all his family once again, and we came over about 88, 89 to completely move over Amen. to the States. I remember the days with the Winnebago's. And I remember that too. All yeah. through Oklahoma, yeah. we was with you in Texas. And, and mm-hmm. uh, before Martha's going to ask you a question, but something just come to my heart. Do you have anything that you'd like to share about your Uncle Ian? Yes, uh, Uncle Ian. Now, he was uh, he he was married to my Aunt Janet, and they lived in Peterhead, Scotland, where most of the Camerons lived. So they were in the Zion Tabernacle Church there, and my Uncle Ian was, uh, um, I don't know when he got saved, but he must have got saved just around my dad, same time as my father, I would think. And he was a wee bit older than dad. But um, he was involved with the church there. And then during that time with all the revivals and things like that, they would come over with him mm-hmm. and minister. Yeah, I and um, he, would, uh, he would come over and sometimes he would bring him and his kids over or it would just be him. or You know, and I think they did a lot of ministry uh, with everybody, with my dad and Uncle Ian. Yeah, they did. I was just a wee boy. I, may be, I would have been three, four years old, maybe Amen. five, mm-hmm. you know. At that time, my dad used to sit us on a chair, me and Nancy, and sing. He'd give us a mic and sing, and Nancy would play the tambourine, you know. He <laughs> would sit us on, on chairs, you know. Yeah. So, But Uncle Ian uh, would come back and forth. But ultimately, he, he ministered a lot at the Zion Tabernacle, where uh, he was in Peterhead, Scotland. Well, I know my, my husband and baby Jim's whole family, they adored your Uncle Ian, too. They worked with him and everything when he would come over. And every so often, in fact, we did some podcasts the other day, and two of the people, we, Carlos, was the one, they were all quoting Ian and mm-hmm. quoting things that he had said to them. He made a mm-hmm. a big impact. And the last thing he said to Charlie was, uh, Charlie was taking him the last time he seen him back to the airport. And he said to him, Ian, how can you be so happy? He told me he was singing all the way, and he had a few quid in his pocket, but he had a lot of things going on. He was telling Charlie, and he had to go back to Scotland, and Charlie was a young man. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I don't know. I think we were just new married. I ain't sure in the timeline. Somewhere in there, we're married a few years. And he said to Charlie, uh, Charlie said to him, how can you be this happy, Ian? He said, it amazed me when I looked at him and the joy. He said, you're going back to Scotland. You told me it's pouring and raining and freezing or all this. And he said, oh, Charlie. And Charlie would kind of try to give the Scottish accent. I got a glimpse. And once you have a glimpse, Charlie, you'll understand. And that has stuck with him forever. Is that right? Yeah. It stuck with him mm-hmm. forever. Amen. Amen. Yeah, he was, a, he was a special guy. I love Monkley. And then I used to, uh, when I was in my teenage years, he'd come over. 
and I would take him to the different churches up up north and things like that. And we had a great time before before he went on to be with the Lord, Amen. you know. And um, he was a he was a great friend and a great mentor to me Amen. too. Amen. You know, he's very encouraging. Amen. Yep. So, Martha, you have something you want to ask? Yes. Him? Was there anything that sticks out uh, in your travels with your mom and dad when they was all over here with all our people and stuff traveling because they were here for decades? Anything that sticks out to you? Any stories about that time? Well, I remember, I remember being in maybe five to six meetings a week yeah. <laughs> when I was young. That was definitely you know? the seventies. Yeah. That, that yes, it was five to six meetings a week, yeah. and and you know it was it became it became normal for me and Nancy. It was I I I look back at it now, and I don't regret that lifestyle. I don't no. you know, and I don't have any remorse or anything like that of. Oh, I wish, you know, I would have done things like younger, normal kids would have done, you know. Right. But no, I don't, because uh, I, I really appreciate what my mom and dad did. Amen. Because right. of the love of the Lord shown through them, right. you know. But I do remember, I believe in the, one of the L.A. revivals, Some like we was at, there was a service, and I was just young. But I remember, I think, somebody seen a vision of the Lord. And when they, they seen that and a few other people saw it, the Holy Spirit just fell. And I think the meeting went on for hours, but it didn't seem like hours mm-hmm. because the Holy Spirit just fell and people were touched. They were blessed. They were saved. They were healed. It was amazing. And I remember that as a child. But I do remember one uh, story, too, I'll tell you, uh, that my father told me. In one of them revivals, my, his father came over a couple Amen. times yeah. to visit. Amen. Bill, I don't know if you remember him, yes, I but I'm, I'm named after him, uh, Old John. Uh-huh. And um, he came over, and I think it was one of the revivals, and my dad was given uh, uh, praying at the end yep. about if anybody wanted to accept the Lord as their Savior. Yeah, so he had his eyes closed, and then when he opened his eyes, um, here was his, was his father standing there with his bonnet in his hand Amen. telling him, I want to accept the Lord. And he was 79 years old. That's amazing. And, and my dad said, if he never preached again, that was the greatest moment of his ministry was to see his father, accept Lord and the Lord as a, as a savior. And that stuck out to me because who wouldn't want to be in heaven with your family? You know, when you think about it, you know, I mean, this life here is, is temporary. This is just the beginning, you know, it's That's not right. even the beginning, but when we get to heaven, it's the beginning. And who wouldn't want to be in heaven, and most of all with Jesus and all your loved ones? Amen. And Amen. I always thought of that, like, what a great what a great thing to, to lead your father at 79 years old. He Amen. passed away when he was 83. Amen. And to lead your father to the Lord and, and know that one day you'll see him again. Amen. Amen. That was, that Praise was something. Amen. God. So I wanted to ask you, you kind of answered it, but. I'm going to ask you anyways, was it really, was it hard for you and Nancy to adjust to America when you come over? And I know your brother's later, but you's coming, you's literally, you's either were in a motel with us or the Winnebago all up and down. And, and like I said, we used and abused just terrible. Was that a hard time for you or, you know? Uh, thinking back, and I mean, I look back when I was a wee boy, it was kind of just normal to us because we never left mom and dad's sight. You know, Amen. wherever mom and dad went, we were like stuck to them like glue. Amen. And uh, me and Nancy was. And uh, so it was uh, it was normal. 
you know, but when we got in the, we maybe a wee bit more teenage years, I believe when we emigrated, I was about 13. And then like, it was hard leaving my cousins because we was over there for a couple of years and, you know, you get to know your family and your yeah. cousins and your uncles and your aunts. And it was, it was a wee bit harder when you were in your teenage years to just get up and go, you know? And so that was a wee bit hard. But then when, once we got around people, you know, you make your own friends and you do all that and life just becomes normal. And so it wasn't too much of a big transition because we were used to going back and forth to Scotland and then back to America and then back to Scotland. And, so, and, well, you and were then even when, it. that's why it was normal. Uh, yeah, I was raised, raised in it. In it. And you know, when I got older and when I got into my teenage in my twenties, I would go home and visit my family and I'd go for a couple of months at a time and go visit them. It was like just to get to know them, you know, because we never really had a lot of that time during the ministry time when mom and dad was full time in the ministry, but it, it was nothing. It was, it was, I never regret that. You know, uh, I'm, I'm thankful that I was raised in a family that knew the Lord and to show me the way, and for me to show my kids the way um, to be blessed and, and know that we will have eternal life one day and we'll see them again, Amen. you know, and uh, I have, I have no, I have no regrets with my upbringing. No, at all. I'm writing that down in big letters. No regrets. And we (laughs) really appreciate the sacrifice that you, Nancy, your mom and dad that you've made for us. Maybe at the time we didn't realize the sacrifice. You know what I mean? But we do now. Yes. And we appreciate it. Yes, well, I think when we come over, I mean, there was such a kindred spirit, you know, with everybody. You know, it was like, I think when my mom and dad came over, it was family. Uh It was like you would. My dad was always a people person. He never, he, you know, he, he never, he never met a stranger. No. So he was always upbeat and, you know, he's always wanting to talk to people and talk to people about the Lord. But there was always that kindred spirit because we were brothers in Christ and uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord. But it was like family. It was like a family away from home. And all you guys were family and still are, you know, even though we don't see as much now. I, I can go five years from now and it's like like I've never left, you know, yeah. like the people that I've known all my life. Amen. And that's just a great thing to have because uh, most of my family's in Scotland Amen. still, you know, and now I'm here in America, but I guess I'm more Americanized now than I am Scottish when you think about it, Amen. <laughs> you know. But that's it was always, always, <laughs> yes, yes. It was always... Uh, just family. You guys were all family. All the travelers were all family. It was just a kindred spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And I, I remember, I'll tell you one other story about a funny story about dad. And it's, it's an encouraging one. I remember he was asking me if I've had any memories. We were going to a revival and, uh, uh, dad's car broke down. He had a little green hornet that he towed behind the motorhome, an AMC car. I don't know if you remember that one, Bill. Yes, I yeah. do. It didn't work. Well, it, 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 yes, it broke down. I don't know where Dad found it, so I don't know. But it broke down trying to get to one of the services. Amen. And so somebody came by the camp. I don't know who it was. And uh, they rolled down the window and they said, well, we'll be praying for you, brother. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Oh, but my dad would always say, it wasn't prayer I needed, it was a push, <laughs> you know, and, that, and that, that's, how, that's how I feel we are in the family of the Lord. That's how I feel when we're in the family of God, we need to, you know, 
help each other and, and encourage right. each other. And Amen. sometimes we you need to that. physically do something for somebody or something like that. But I always thought that was a good story that dad always used to tell, yeah. you know. Like a, yeah. Well, with that, it wasn't a prayer. It was a push. A push. <laughs> we want to ask you if there's anything else that you'd you'd like to add. Anything at all, uh, John? Well, I just want to say thank you very much for having me on the podcast. It's really an honor. You know, uh, my mom and dad's been uh, with the Lord. Uh, my dad's five years now, and my mom's three. And uh, it's just like the time goes by so quickly, and uh, you know, life just keeps going on but it's just so encouraging to hear the memories that you guys have and the memories we have because we have just as good memories as what you guys had of our parents we have great memories with you guys you know it goes both ways and uh i would uh, i would just encourage people who's listening to the podcast to you know just put your trust in the lord Amen. you know he'll get you through Amen. you know he won't fail you you know sometimes we try to we tried to climb a ladder to get to God, but John Newman's I'll, I'll fail that. You know, I, I will fail, but thank the Lord. He came down to a tree and gave his life and reached Amen. us, you know, and thank the Lord for that. I just encourage somebody whoever's listening to look to the Lord because, um, all the promises he gives, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, you can't beat them, you know, and it's, it's a, such a blessing. Amen. Yes. Amen. You know, Amen. it's almost, it's it's almost like I was thinking the other day. It's like, you know, um, God doesn't take a slate and and give it to you and say, "Here, John, clean that up," you know, and then uh, it's your job to keep it clean. But I fail at that, you know. But when you he doesn't do that, he takes it and wipes it clean and says, "That's mine now. I will take care of it for you because Amen. it is finished." And that's. I mean, that's just amazing to me. That's the great exchange. You know, uh, the Lord came to for a ransom for many. And uh, I just, I'm so blessed to have been part of a Christian family Amen. and parents that that led me to the way. Like I said in the beginning, you you can't get on coattails of somebody else. You know, you've got to make a, you've got to make that decision for yourself. Amen. And the Lord's there to hear you. Amen. So that's a blessing. He's always there. Amen. And I would just encourage people if they're if they if they're struggling with things like that and they feel like they're not doing enough or whatever, just reach out to the Lord. He's there, you know. Amen. He's just a he's just a he's just a a prayer away. He's he's right there with you all the time. And but I want to thank you guys for inviting me on the podcast. And uh, it's been such a blessing. It's been ple- a pleasure to speak with you, Anna Mae and Martha and Bill. I am very, very pleased to have you with me on here. Well, we appreciate you and can't thank you enough, John. And we do have wonderful memories. And I want you to give your best to your wife and to Nancy and Michael and Danny, your whole family. Tell them we love them. And hopefully we can get together sometime, John, soon and see you. I'd love yes. to do that. Yes, it would be nice. It would. Yes, it would be nice to see everybody, you know, and... um but but thank you for all uh, bringing back the memories I had and and uh, I really appreciate that and it's a great uh, uh, legacy that my mom and dad had Amen. and uh, now they're now they're reaping the reward. Amen. Amen. You know, so thank the Lord and then the Lord promises that one day we will see our loved ones again. But most of all, we'll see Jesus. Amen. And Amen. that's that's the main thing. 
Thank you, John. It was a privilege. Thank you. God bless you guys. God you bless sounded you like your father, John, at the end there. When you started. Oh, okay. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we love you guys, and I really appreciate the time that I get to spend with you on this podcast. We'll hit you again another time. Thank you, and God bless Okay. Well, that's our podcast for this week. We hope you enjoyed it and was encouraged. Please follow us on Spotify for new episodes every week. If you download the Spotify app, which is free, it makes it much easier to find us. We'll be posting the link each week on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may you grow in His Word and Spirit. God bless.